Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we, we try and come up with five, five sketch ideas. ideas. I'm Andy. And I'm Alistair, George William Tromley Virtual. Thank you very much for coming in. Stepping in. Stepping into our office. Stepping in, step it up to the office. Do you think the cool kids would call this 3D. The, the stank tank? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if cool kids come up with new names for things okay um do they, do they do you think they just follow they're not they don't create yeah i think very often they appropriate the uh the cool names the new names for things from the less popular and uh and, yeah. and then apply their signature brand of cool to it so they, they just add an attitude they're just a filter that's all it is yeah but they're what about marketing. miles miles davis what about Miles Davis? Well, I guess I guess maybe his profession was was um, cool guy. You know, was was trumpet player, <laughs> right? Was trumpet player, and so he just did that well. Yes. But then it was his. Then he put it through the cool filter, uh, by being cool. Yes. And so then that just added to the trumpet playing. So it's not that trumpet playing was cool; it was just his profession. Right, and he could have been doing anything. He could and, have been doing anything. He could have been a garbage man. Cool. Yeah, and he could have been a garbage man, and he was just. And then when he comes by, he just had a lot of attitude, and he always got together a really amazing. Actually, the history of picking yes. up garbage yes. is so linked, uh, <laughs> intertwined with all the all the greats yeah. of of garbage collecting. Uh, somehow are connected to Miles Davis. He either sort of discovered them when they were sort of young mm-hmm, mm-hmm. up and comers, uh, and then he got them. He <laughs> brought them onto his truck. And uh, you know, and that was back in the day when you kind of had to you know, cling onto the truck. You, yeah, to run with it. And what do you and, think, Miles Davis would think of the modern garbage trucks, where they just drive past and it's all very robotic, and that arm just comes out and picks up the bin, and then they drive on. It's very. Electric. I mean, would he see that as being part of the natural progress of garbage collecting, or would he see that as a sort of a betrayal of what essentially garbage collecting is all about? Well, I think in many ways you would. See- uh, he would see that as a, cont- a continuation of something really? that, that that he has done because when you know <sighs> to be honest he experimented with a lot of uh, electronic stuff yeah. uh, early on so the the arms are basically just an extension of what what he was doing the arms are basically an extension Ex- of the uh, of it. arm the arm yeah the upper arm yeah um all right a, a renaissance man of garbage collecting is there a sketch in that uh, uh, let's see. Renaissance, like sort of wearing the big hat like Leonardo da Vinci, <laughs> the big puffy hat. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> it's basically garbage collecting, but with a big puffy hat. <laughs> Whenever somebody refers to somebody as being a real renaissance man, like he's the renaissance man of cricket, yeah. you know, or the renaissance man of... Uh, slicing beef. Slicing beef. He's basically just playing cricket or slicing beef, but in a large puffy hat. Yeah, and cricket players already have a pretty large puffy hat. Well, the Australians do, the baggy green. Yeah, the baggy green. That's, that's um, one of our national uh, icons. Also, other countries don't wear that. They don't wear the baggy green, mate. That's Aussie. Yeah, right. That's, uh, that's all us through and through. I actually don't know if that's true. But do, I, do other countries just have a sort of a baggy other colour? <laughs> the baggy brown. The, ba- <laughs> the baggy brown, the baggy blue, <laughs> the baggy red. <laughs> Uh, I think I think they have different levels of tightness yeah, and right. also different colours. So they might wear the tight brown. Tight around the head, but then loose up top. Well, that's the baggy green, I think, is quite loose up top. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's baggy. Oh, yeah. Um, potentially. Uh, I, look, I don't know if, the, you know, the bag, like, 
So what what would it mean like a Renaissance man of garbage collecting? Well, I think uh, sorry, just give put this out there real quick. The Renaissance man of calling people the Renaissance man of things. Sure. Right. Yeah. It would be somebody who uh, calls people a Renaissance man who previously we'd never considered to be Renaissance men, but he Rene- finds a way in which they are Renaissance men that we would never have thought of. So right, you know, yeah. or, or he or he applies the concept of somebody being a Renaissance man to to fields of endeavor such as garbage collecting, garbage collecting, where yeah. no one had ever thought that you could have a Renaissance man. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that I am the Renaissance man of calling people a Renaissance man. That's great. Well, so is this is this like it's like a talking head kind of sketch? You know, and 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 it, we're talking to the Renaissance man of Renaissance men, or we're 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 talking maybe to some academics about the Renaissance man of Renaissance men of calling people a okay. Renaissance man, and then yeah. we maybe see some of his work as well and some grainy mu- news footage. Uh, I don't so, know why it's grainy. That's that's fine. Well, he's. It was maybe there's a lot of grain. I there could have been yeah it could it could have been filmed <laughs> he, on a farm. He was I in suppose. a silo. Yeah, <laughs> oh, which apparently is not a good idea. Don't go standing in silos. Uh, people, people just die and stuff. Well, well they're highly flammable. Highly flammable. Often there's like weird oxygen things going ah, on in there, really? and like gases because like stuff f- fermenting and yeah germinating yeah, yeah. and because then one person sometimes like goes unconscious and then. There's apparently there's been a campaign where you like you're not if somebody goes unconscious in a silo you don't go in after them to get it you're you just like, leave them there well you just don't go in because whatever's knocked them out can knock you out pretty fast wow yeah and so you kind of so the, what do you do they lose multiple I didn't watch the rest of the uh, thing well, well how am I going to know now Alistair what to do when I see someone unconscious in a silo well all you know is that now there's something worth looking up <laughs> right it's a campaign. It's a campaign for uh, like a PSA mm. for check out this PSA. Yeah, right. You be know? aware that there is something to be aware of yeah. here. Okay? And that's you, all. Yeah. We're you, not going to give you any more information. You can't defend yourself against the unknown unknowns. Well, I think just generally raising awareness of the need to be aware of things mm. is, uh, is quite an interesting thing. It is field. what parenting is. <laughs> It's what you're, you're right. You're you're teaching a child that you have to be aware of things. It's an it's a, a the broadest form of awareness campaign. Yeah, it's uh, look out for that. Look, keep your eyes open and watch for these kinds of things, or just for things. Yeah, watch know? for things. Just look. <laughs> um, um, Renaissance man of Renaissance men. Yeah, sure. Um. <clears throat> and, I, and look, Alistair, I'm just going to say it because there's a moment and I need to get this out of my head. Some sort of were, werewolf awareness campaign and possibly a werewolf camp. Aware, awareness wolf. Look, awareness in... Awareness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, awareness could be a, a Loch Ness monster that um, when uh, it comes full moon uh, turns into a wolf. Wait, oh, awareness. Awareness. Yeah. Um, so you 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 never see his awareness. <laughs> That's King Werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, I'm I'm really sorry about the last probably fifty seconds. Andy, I think it was still pure comedy. You know, well, even if you didn't like, even if the, the it was uh, there was a tinge of sadness with it. <laughs> there was and, nothing. And and what you felt, what the what, what the the quality was. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I still think. So pure flip. I want to do a sketch about an awareness campaign for people to be generally aware of things, possibly yeah, the need for awareness, raising awareness about the need for awareness because people are being confronted with a lot of awareness campaigns for specific things, but without a broad sense of awareness they might not even notice the awareness campaign. So I guess it would see? yeah, it would be it would be multi-pronged. I think first yes. of all, I would just t- tell you to be aware. Prong the first, and and so and and so we kind of go into specifics. It would be uh, the body has uh, provided you with senses. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, sight, 
sound and like you know or we kind of be like mm-hmm. sight and mm-hmm. then there would be a, a a graphic of like you know a, s- a silhouette of a of a human head yeah and it would sort of have like beams uh, coming out yeah, of the eye <laughs> that allow you to see and and uh the you know light from light sources bounces off walls and then and lands into and allows you to get a an idea of the size Form of the a room picture yeah. of the your surroundings yeah these pictures can be used to uh, <laughs> to to gain information <laughs> You know, uh, and but because of the passage of time, that information can change, and that's where awareness comes in. Yeah. If you aren't aware, those changes may pass you by. That's right. And then, so then, there's that. Yeah. And then, uh, other ways ways to gain awareness is through awareness campaigns. Yeah. And then it tells you about <laughs> awareness campaigns. <laughs> right, because sometimes there are things that aren't in the room with you that you can't see yeah, or, or hear, hear or, or taste. taste. <laughs> the three senses. <laughs> there are three senses. <laughs> the body has between two and three ways of getting information about the world. The fourth way is awareness campaigns. <laughs> Which informs you through one of the three senses, either so, taste or sight. A taste-based awareness campaign? Taste-based awareness taste-based. campaign. Um, now, generally, while an awareness campaign could be used to make you aware of almost anything, including things that are in the room with you, generally we reserve awareness campaigns for things that are further away. Say, not in the room. <laughs> Maybe not even in the next room. It could be almost anywhere. Anyway. It could be a concept. Um, yeah, I, 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 like, I like that. I think that's fun. I think that's... Um, God, I had fun. I, I had fun, Andy. And I'm... Yeah. Would you say the, the point of life is fun? Uh, yeah. Look, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know that um, people who seem to really be searching for the point of life look like they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's often been, like, I've never been able to, to turn it into a successful bit, but I've always, I've always felt like people who are reading how to be happy books, books mm. that talk, tell you mm. about <laughs> about how to be happy, it feels like they are now participating in the least, the least happy, pursu- like, fun yeah. thing. There's nothing less happy than chasing happiness. Yeah. Like, through the worst means possible which is through reading which well, doesn't feel like no not reading like but have i already told you this alistair yeah. le bonheur est dans le pré si vite si vite le bonheur est dans le pré et dans, si vite, et dans, le, et dans le quoi uh, le pré yeah like the field oh oh like uh, pr- prairie yeah but when i learned this well, in grade yeah. seven french I, I, I seem to remember it just being pré Okay, maybe maybe it is, and maybe I just didn't... I, so like, happiness is in the field. Run yeah. quickly, run quickly. Happiness is in the field. Run quickly, it will get away. So that's good, because then it's the running of in the field that brings you the happiness. I didn't even think about that. I don't think I ever understood this uh, this, this, this poem on any level. But yeah. you've just opened my eyes, Alistair. Thank you. Well, yeah. Oh, i just seen a guy, Brian, who d- does a bit about you know, as a, how as a man uh, he can't... He doesn't feel like he can sort of frolic through wheat, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, now I like this. Yeah, and and I and I just I, I thought that was it was such a good bit. Mm. And then because he, he, then he talks about he's like I can't even sort of like run just with my hand dragging behind me. Um, yeah. this is Brian Callan. And if, if I didn't say this, just so that people know that I'm t- talking about his material. Um, and he goes like, you can't even drag my hand behind me like that because that that my, my friends would see that as suspect. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's like, I think I can like sort of, and then he kind of puts his hand sort of rigid and perpendicular <laughs> to his body. He's like, I think I can walk along with it like this, and then like just touching the top of wheat because he did that in Gladiator. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about Gladiator. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. And and there's no one more a man than the Maximus. Maximus what was his last name? Aurelius. Aurelius. It got real Maybe. complicated there. That is a long name. Yeah, but I mean, Maximus is a great name because is there? I mean, have we ever seen like, like it feels like this, this would have happened somewhere already? Uh, a a Roman character called Minimus. You know what? 
I have not seen that, and I've read a lot of Asterix. Yeah. And if that joke wasn't done in Asterix, I can't imagine where it would have been done. Asterix, a cartoon series almost entirely devoted to (laughs) Latin-based puns set around Rome. Yeah. And all of them pretty much name-based puns as well. Yeah, wow. Uh, what about... It's, it's essentially... <laughs> it must have been done. It must yeah. have it, it, Okay, so what, what, what it would be, if, if, like, if it hasn't been done, mm. it would either be, have been... It could have also been done in a parody of Gladiator back in the time. Let's think SNL, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Early 2000s. Early 2000s. Or, uh, there's an opening right now for us to do a... A uh, minimus a, pun. A men in tights... For what Men in Tights did to Robin Hood, yes, uh, this we could do. We could do for Gladiator, and he's a very, he's a thin guy. I'm thinking, you know, the guy who was in Road Trip, who played the kind of thin, weak guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know him. Yeah, the yeah. one who let his dog lick uh, peanut butter peanut off butter his, balls. his balls. Yeah, yeah. And I think he also appeared in some movie. Uh, you know, School for Scoundrels, was it? Or one where he ended up having to pretend to be a tough guy in yeah, prison? Think, was that School for Scoundrels? Maybe. Could anyway, be. so that guy, or, or, or you know, or, or a weak looking guy of the sort, yeah. uh, who is, is, it's basically like a, you know, a parody of a Gladiator, and his name is Minimus. Alistair, it writes itself. Well, like, I mean, thank like, fuck, because I'm certainly not going to. Yeah. But, you know, like, if you're, if you're looking for something that, that, uh, that Hollywood is just going to say yes to automatically. <laughs> well, I mean, if if Mel Brooks is listening to this and is look and and if somehow he has the capacity to travel him and all of Hollywood back to the seventies when apparently they just greenlit any old shit that he came up with, then yes, uh, this this is the idea of the moment, and yeah. that moment is the seventies. The seventies. Well, look. Should I don't know if I, I should write. Should I not write this down? No, no, no. Look, I won't write it down. I won't write it down, Andy. That that will. I'll put that in in the recesses of my brain. Your personal for tank. When I am uh, ready to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> and by selling out, I mean sell anything. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, I can. Can we just go back briefly to what were we talking about before? The hand through the wheat, happiness. People reading books about happiness in oh, yeah. order to be happy. Yeah. Um. I think there's something in that. Of course. I think. I think about how the the yeah the these uh, the search for happiness. Yeah. Is is misleading. Mm. Um. I don't know yet. Yeah, well, because often... And my first thought is, like, you open the book that says, you know, how to have happiness, and the first page says, look, you've already... Just by reading this book, you've already made a major step backwards. <laughs> okay? So, I mean, yeah. look, keep reading. The first four chapters, I'm just going to try and get you back up to the point where you before you open this book, because you've already yeah. made a huge mistake, and we're going to need to do a lot of work. To get you yeah. out of this fucking yeah. rut you are... that you got yourself into. Oh boy! Like it starts. It's like the book starts <laughs> by being so disappointed with you. Oh boy, you are in trouble. This is bad. Yeah, the fact that you have bought and started reading this book is a terrible sign for you. I mean, when I started writing this book, I didn't think I'd be dealing with people who were in quite such a bad situation as this. I'm, I, you know, I've studied this a long time, and I. I don't think even I'm good enough to really help yeah. you at this point. Uh, the science shows that the first th- thing <laughs> that people who are happy have is that they're not reading books like this. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. C- could it be like maybe a, a book? Maybe it's not a book. What if it's a book on tape? What if it's a series of... And we can just see a guy. All right. Mm. This is a, a really probably a, a, a strange way to present a sketch. Yeah. But it's a man... Sad-looking man gets into a car, right? He's got a a cassette, like one of those book-on-tape cassette Mm -hmm. things and a little package. He opens it up. He's sort of looking sad. He fumbles around with it. He plugs it into his tape deck. That's how sad he is. He still has a car with a tape deck. (laughs) Maybe that could be something something that's mentioned in the tape. And also the sign that you... The fact that you've bought this on tape... (laughs) Yeah, that's great. 
Um, so, and then we just see him driving along, and we hear the this, and I, you could cut back to this several times, mm. where the and and all the guy on the tape does is explain how badly he's chosen to tackle his <laughs> sadness. Yeah. I, look, this is a bloody Tropfest film or something. Mate. Mate, seven minutes? What do you think? Seven well, minutes? seven minutes in that. You think so? Like, and, yeah. it's, and it's just... It's, you it's have... a single locked-off GoPro shot up yeah. in the top corner of a car, driving yeah. around the streets as a man who doesn't speak listens to a voiceover that I presume we put in later. Absolutely. And that's how the best films are made. Apparently, Tropfest is looking for different kind of stuff now. Really? Well, yeah. well Less commercial. So well, perfect. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> perfect. Oh, I'm Border- wondering if maybe we don't even need the visual component. There you go. Why don't we just submit a tape. Oh, they're looking for different stuff now. Even barely watchable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually in their thing. That's a <laughs> that's in their thing. That's one of the new categories at the Academy Awards. <laughs> Best barely watchable film. Oh man, I just we just me and Indiana kind of decided that we were going to try and watch like. 50 classic films this year, right? Yeah. First one started with Metropolis. Barely watchable. Oh, boy. (laughs) Silent film, almost three hours. Uh, It's like... The thing is is that you don't need to watch it because you've seen it already in some form or another. Parodied, right? Maybe, like, I don't even, I I can't even, yeah, I can't even tell you in which way I've seen it before. It's just that I know it from, like, I know the structure. I know, I know what happens. I know, like, everything in it is, like, it's, like, the, by seeing everything that has happened in film since then, Mm. like, I guess maybe the structure must have been revolutionary at the time or something like that. Because it's, like, it's... And and not only that, but I, I see a version. So apparently, not long after it was made, like it was in the twenties or something like that. Fritz Fritz Lang, maybe yeah. Is that, yeah. Uh, somebody edited it up to make it shorter, and cut up the original. So that, and apparently, people were very disappointed by this, right? right. And so the version that I was watching had been restored they'd found some copy in argentine argentine yes um and and argentinia in argentinia yeah and they'd uh tinia in Mm. the name of your country Mm. anyway uh and and they made it long again unnecessary (laughs) somebody's got to take that again and then find a way to cut out the stuff somebody had made the right decision by cutting it shorter and then some (laughs) asshole was like no 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 no, that needs to be in this movie needs to be unbearable like that and um anyway what you're you're losing a lot of the unbearability that the director put into the original (laughs) it was this is german filmmaking at its best (laughs) um I, I've lost what I was going to say, but uh, here's a here's a brief idea of um, you know how they'll do a short, they'll they'll do a movie, mm. the bloody producers will get their bloody claws into it, they'll do a cut that the director's unhappy with, that'll be the cinematic release, and then the director will release a director's mm-hmm. cut. I think someone who then re-edits the director's cut back down to, to a cinematic cut. cut. <laughs> That's, and it just, yeah. yeah, that's good. And then the the, the director's rebu- rebuttal cut. Yeah, yeah. Well, he makes it even longer, even longer, and puts in just some some of the behind the scenes footage, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just like long, like I know Ho Xiao Xian, the, the Taiwanese director, just has like really long like walking shots where if somebody's like. You just see it. There's like it's on the corner in a subway or something like that, yep. right? And you, the the camera's mostly focused. You can sort of see a bit of the ground, but it's mostly focused on the mirror that allows you to see around the corner. Yep. And so you sort of just see somebody coming from the distance. <laughs> it's a horseman. <laughs> and the subway. It's, yeah. Well, he made a lot of movie about centaurs. Like that. And then they arrive to the corner, and then they. Start walking, yeah, and then walking the other way, and then so then you're like, "Wow, that was unbearable." And that, that, <laughs> and, and it was, it's, it's. This is a, a guy who's like, "Fuck all you executives." Yeah, yeah. 
and unless boredom is the is the sense the emotion you want the uh, the audience to well feel. it's something right? it's definitely something and, and and that's a great way to turn a short film into a feature length movie it's <laughs> just before every single line have the person approach from a great distance from a great distance <laughs> um i also thought this is the thing i forgot um that a you know those books that are like a thousand and one movies you must see before you die mm-hmm. right just a version of that, like based on your experience with Metropolis, which is just like you know a thousand one movies to slog through, like just to gr- to grind to to grit your teeth, yeah. and force yourself to watch, or a thousand and one movies. I mean, to describe very briefly, so that you can pretend you've watched them and just get on yeah, with your like- life. A thousand and one great movies that you could probably you probably don't need to don't bother need watch. To see. Yeah. I think that's absolutely it, that's, right? Yeah. And and maybe each page describes, you know, there'll be a description of the movie. There'll be a description of like where, what movies it's influenced, and the scenes that you've probably seen in other films. So you can just sort of assemble a picture, you know, that, that that have referenced that film probably in a much more entertaining way because cinema's progressed a long yeah. distance. And and then you can just sort of assemble an understanding of the film, and then you can just fucking move on. Yeah. One one page, maybe one paragraph per book per per film. Oh man, you, it's it it there'll, there'll be the length of like Roger Ebert's uh, you know reviews. If are they short? I think so. They're pretty short. Yeah, yeah. They're like you know because he he would release like a like a novel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Full-size book of movie reviews. I don't know if it was every year or it was just an update of the same yeah, yeah, book, yeah. you know, every year. Uh, and, and so then, yeah. And, but then that contains, like, the, you know, a, a big part of the history of cinema. I think... If this isn't already a book, yeah, it should be. And one thousand and one yeah. movies you now you 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 now don't have to see, and yeah. then we could do quite you know funny descriptions of them as well as like that. where where you will have already seen yeah. most of it. Yeah, you like like and and Citizen Kane is almost one of those situations like that where it's like you've already oh, seen man. it in The Simpsons, yeah. and it's slow and it's like and it's dull and the emotions just aren't the same anymore. <laughs> like you're not feeling as much. I mean, you know what would be. That's the thing. People say cinema is, Citizen Kane is the greatest movie of all time, but it was the greatest of movie of its time of all time. Yeah. You know, of a time when people had really low expectations. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. generally it. Like, you know, people didn't know how to make cinema, and mm. then along comes Orson Welles with some idea how to make cinema. Yeah, and a, and a, and a very, a, quite a nice bit of structure in there. But just long, boring scenes, and yeah. But you know, still a journey. Like it was, it was almost like somebody figured out how to complete a film properly. Right. <laughs> you know, you go. Oh, like, well done! It's yeah. a film. Yeah, this is. Uh, that's it, the baseline. Yeah, at the time, there were just <laughs> nobody was making films. People were just, you know, they were, they making, were filming. Yeah, they were filming. You know, sure. and they, they were putting them together and. Like the fact that there was those production houses, like you know, with with Chaplin that were making two hundred films a year, yeah, and things like that. Like, this is some film, yeah, but not a film. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah. So, so just that look, just to congratulate myself, if we could take a moment, yeah, calling Citizen Kane the greatest film of its time of all time. Yeah, is there something in that, like in like? I mean, I guess that's what the 1001 yeah, yeah. movies oh. you don't have to see, thank Christ, is. But, but like, if, if we could take that, 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 that concept of expectations and apply it 
more radically, like something like The Seven Wonders of the World, right? Yeah. They're always making these documentaries on The Seven Wonders of the World, and they're talking about, you know, the, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which mm. no one really knows what it is, but apparently it was amazing. At, but to go through those things mm. and be like, The Seven Wonders of the World, and why today you would be barely impressed yeah you know and and you do it like a totally serious documentary where you go and interview experts and they talk about like so this was you know over 70 feet tall which at the time was very impressive but let's look at that in context today and you know why you know so 70 feet that's you know that's a shipping container and (laughs) yeah 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 i think that's cool yeah um so um so so what would you call it like the seven wonders of the world you know the the seven. Well, I guess the seven wonders of the world, and why they probably weren't that great why? relative to the, the seven wonders of the world. You would be barely impressed today. Yeah, yeah. We'd come up with a better title yeah. than that, or maybe not. Maybe we'll come up with a worse title and make it really, really long, so it fills the whole if title we, page. Or if we come up with a really wor- a much worse title, to make this one look better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was another th- idea that I had was about like, I wonder if, you know, people really, really worship the original Star Wars movies. Yeah. Right? Do you think that they now, now that George Lucas made those three sequels that everyone hated, yeah. do you think that people worship the original Star Wars movies even more as a, a by contrast to how mm. much they hated the new ones? I reckon there's potential for that. And I reckon George Lucas was playing a real smart game on this one. He was like, yeah. sure people like my movies and I've already made those movies, but I'd like people to like them a bit more. What if I made three terrible movies? That's that's really interesting. That maybe because people were so an- unsatisfied by those mm. three uh, those three sequels that... They go back and they revisit the originals and point out everything that was brilliant about them and George is mm. like, yeah, you're right. And then everybody's Thank really you. invested. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll be like, we just were unsatisfied. We need more. Yeah. Like oh, that. and then you then you can go back. He can sell the franchise for billions of dollars to Disney, and then I, I mean, I can't he imagine could be... he could have. Yeah, I can't imagine he could have got more money if if the, they were sort of the movies had just done well. Like if they were like, oh, those are pretty good. You know, like that yeah. that could have killed it off. Like if those three were just pretty acceptable. Good. No. Mm-hmm. He needed to make really bad films. They were unacceptable Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. That Basically, that sort of cleared the way for the future of Star Wars. For the Wars. next 50 years of yeah. Star Wars movies that are going to come out yeah. now. Let's just level the ground. Yeah. Get a solid foundation of sort of disappointment, anger, but also yearning. <laughs> and that's what you build a franchise on. Yeah. You don't build a franchise on success. You build no. it on... Disappointment, absolutely, and and but and nostalgia. But now we're going to find out whether, like, you know, a one billion dollar movie every year, like you know, like in terms of the revenue that they make from ticket mm. sales and stuff like that, whether that's like how long that's going to take to create fatigue, you know, Star Wars fatigue. <sighs> yeah, because like they're going to have to put some bad, like they're going to have to do a couple of years where the the, the new ones are really bad, just to kind of people get get people going. Again, Come just, on, we need to. <laughs> We need to get back to making these good ones. Yeah. And I think that I could do that. So if they're looking for someone to just reset the franchise again mm-hmm. with some really low-quality Star Wars movies, I yeah. don't really have much of an understanding of the world or the <laughs> canon. I don't uh, know I the don't characters. have much affection for the characters. No. No. <laughs> I would really sort of probably disappoint and desecrate the what's, a lot of what's yeah. great about the originals. I, I think that it would be great if there was a planet of, of sort of uh, humanoid vegetables. <laughs> You know, uh, sort of, yeah, like, you know, yeah. probably led by a guy who, who's a carrot. Broccoli, he's or broccoli, a broccoli head. head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With a little crown sat upon his, uh, sat upon I can his picture, leaves. Picture a great scene where, like, some um, stormtroopers are, are marching across like a carrot field, mm. and there's all these sort of just oh, rough, low bush kind of things and little yeah. orange heads, and then all of a sudden the carrot men jump up out of the ground yeah. and start uh, sort of. Uh, running at them and falling over, but also because there's just so many of them, and now there's all these holes in the ground that stormtroopers are falling over, and then yeah. the carrots are 
well, sort the, of jumping the on The carrots them. would have that the secret move, which is where they lay down. And because they're kind of heavy up, like they're wider on one top, mm. they just they spin in a circle. Right, like that, right. And, they, and they just, you know, they kind of, they, they might even be able to create some kind of whirlwind. They could create a whirlwind or they could just create a tripping hazard. Yeah, very you know, big like tripping hazard. You would hazard. roll, yeah. you, you step on that and you roll, yeah. fall. They're actually, it's a sort of a form of break dance kind of uh, <laughs> martial arts that they've created. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like capoeira. It's like a capoeira, capoeira but, but, ca- but carrots. But carrots, yeah. Um, They're always doing that butterfly move well, on the ground. That's their one move. And the other thing is that sometimes when the stormtroopers fall over, one of the other carrots is pointing up in the air and they stab them through the head and oh, blood goes great. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all really like sort of lighthearted, fun slapstick and then just like impalings. <laughs> oh, the carrots sort of sharpen their end. Yeah. Well, they're quite sharp already, aren't they? Carrots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're probably yeah, absolutely... one of the sharpest vegetables. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they, they what the for carrot... military what, what, purposes. Th- there would be a scene where you see the carrots sort of, <laughs> sort of get lowered into sort yeah. of a sort of a pencil sharpener sharp... thing, and then they sort of just walk around in a circle and just yeah. Yeah, or they, they lie down and some other carrots come along with a big pencil sharpener and sharpen the end. Yeah, yeah. And then put like a, a, a gold sheath over it or something like that. And you that. could imagine there's a sort of a, a scene like after the battle where the carrots have sort of decimated all and, or, and tripped over all mm. of, the, all of the, the, the stormtroopers where carrots are going and just sort of crouching over the, the, the <laughs> wounded and just sort of piercing their bodies by <laughs> to, you know, kill, to kill to kill the, them yeah, the yeah, yeah to kill all the wounded so they're just kind of like <laughs> like sort of teabagging yeah kind of it would look like a sort of teabag motion like that but uh but deadly yeah deadly maybe a larger carrot then has to jump on top to sort of drive it down i i can really see this being very bad for the star wars franchise yeah, but then but then later but on very good great and then people will remember it fondly as like as as a really awful move by the Star Wars franchise. People might even start to rem- recall the Phantom Menace fondly. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's <laughs> a great idea because I mean the sales for that now must be dropping really. Yeah, yeah. Since since but these new good ones, I'd say it's worth a. Cri- it's it's about due for a critical re-examining. Yeah, and nothing's going to bring one of those about faster than our movie. Star Wars, Planet of the Carrots. Yeah, that's great. Planet of the Carrots. Uh, vegetable, vegetable Earth. Awakening. Vegetable Awakening. <laughs> um, oh. Is there? Is there? Could, could you say that this whole thing that we've just discussed could work? It's not really a sketch, but the idea is like it. It is a sketch in that we would film it as if we were seriously proposing this to make. A few bad movies, like because we think that the the original that those three sequels uh, mm. helped the 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 Star Wars franchise, and so we're proposing it to the star the the to to the Star Wars you know industry essentially. Mm. Uh, this is what you need to do, and here's a suggestion for the kind of film that we could make if you allowed us to uh, further rejuvenate your. You know your brand. Well, yeah, that, that by damaging that it the, horribly. <laughs> that gets the the point across. It's almost like a new Coke thing, right? When they came out with new Coke and everyone mm. hated it, and then everyone was like, then they re-released classic Coke, and it was great for their sales, right? It's that, yeah. With Star Wars, um, and actually, in our movie, our Star Wars vegetable movie, they will be drinking a lot of <laughs> new Coke. New Coke. <laughs> the carrots love new Coke. They do. It makes them really tender. <laughs> Uh, with their lovers, but, but there's a lot of there's carrot a love scenes. A lot, a lot of, of carrot love sex. Uh, yeah. Explicit carrot <laughs> sex. <laughs> but, um, uh, oh, but 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 I think also I think what you're suggesting, Alistair, misses the opportunity to see us on set directing this movie, right? So mm. I think. Maybe in this sketch, you and I, as the directors or the director and the producer, we're taking it seriously and we genuinely think that we're making a good film. And then we mm. maybe see some behind-the-scenes discussion or like we see like a, a sort of a, a how-did-this-get-made kind of making of movie retrospective sure. explaining how we came to make this film and its impact on the And it was strategizing by the executives Mm. that that realized that they had to do some almost like Mel Brooks, the producers, kind of weird like movie failure that helps. Yeah, yeah, that that helps the 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 brand as a whole. By and this is like when we say so bad, it's good. We don't mean so bad, it's good 
in and of itself. We mean so bad, it's good in the long term for the health mm. of the franchise. Yeah. and That's and, actually the full expression. People well, don't realize. You know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk. No, no. Like, films are all about making people, making the audience feel emotions, mm. right? But you've, you never see that in a franchise where the executives are sort of pulling people's emotional strings by making them feel sure. really disappointed <laughs> and then in desperate the for a... Yeah, in, mm-hmm. in a film. And then later on, desperate for... Like, like the arc never goes in between films. It's, it's, the arc is always Well, in a way... Film. By making this film, we would be restoring balance to the force, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the franchise itself needs that interplay of good films and bad films. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's yeah, you know, built into the entire fabric. That's what of they the did with cinematic that's universe. What, that's what they attempted to do with the with the Batman versus Superman exactly. movie. You know, they're they're they 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 go okay now that Nolan has done so well with his three films. Now we need to put this in the hands of an of an idiot, <laughs> of a man who's already made a really bad Superman film. Is that yeah. right? Was it Zach Zach Schneider? Zach Schneider? Uh, look, I haven't I seen any of them. I'm just I'm just going off of the popular the popular talk. Sure. What's, what's in the zeitgeist the at the moment? Yep, you know? yep, yep. I wish I could watch, you know, all those movies and tell you and tell you a fresh perspective in in, in, in a way in a reading in which they are excellent films. But I just don't have that insight, Andy. I'm yeah. I'm. I'm not watching things. What you're doing, I haven't seen it. <laughs> what you're doing is you're, instead of uh, critically reappraising a very bad films and finding a new way to think that they're good, you're going through watching the classics, Metropolis and yeah. uh, Citizen Kane, and finding new ways in which they're actually very bad. Yeah. So, you know, it's, a, it's a quite a revolutionary way of watching yeah, things. Yeah, and it's controversial. Thank you, thank you. Um, so you've written down that Star Wars thing, have um, you? No, I haven't, no, you haven't. quite, but uh, sorry... Um, and I do believe, Alistair, that we are... might bring us up to five. Is it pronounced sketch ideas? Is that the, five sketch sketch ideas? Sketch ideas? Yeah, I think we look. We may actually be on six, even though some are kind of more like book ideas. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think yeah. So look, we got uh, up the top. We got. The Renaissance Man of Renaissance Men, and it's uh, it's a bunch of academics talking about this uh, Renaissance Man, yeah, uh, who's found new ways of n- calling people Renaissance people, uh, and uh, I think the public is really crying out for this sketch. <laughs> 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 I think not only is the expression Renaissance Man well enough known, um, yeah. in you know, and it's sort of currently accepted form, yeah, um, but I also think that. In general, people sort of like this elitist bullshit yeah. um, and, and, and want more of that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, if we've seen anything from Trump, it's that people like, you know, academic people talk this snobbery. Thing. People like, like keep talking about like how it's like, oh, we've been ignoring more than half of the population or whatever, like like the majority of America who's, mm. whose voice has not been heard and things like that. You go, first of all, it wasn't even the majority of America yeah. that voted for Trump. Totally. Second of all... The majority of people in America don't vote. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't remember. It was, was it a seventy percent turnout. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 okay, that's a majority. <laughs> no, but, but but like when you put those two factors together, yeah. you're already well below the majority. Yeah. What it is 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 like a a we've been ignoring a a sec a, a what is a big section of the voting mm. population. Yeah. Right. And by ignoring, we mean actually doing things that are probably very good for them and their lives, but um, mm. they have been ignoring that in favor of... Yeah, definitely well, I some guess... things. I look. I would also... Look, I don't know much about what neo- neoliberalism is. But, but it do- doesn't but, seem but, good. But, um, but the girl who... The woman who wrote No Logo said that this should be the end of it, and I just, I'm just going to trust her. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. I, I do think that the inequality thing is probably pushing a lot of people to... Uh, to, to be angry. Sure, and, and to wish for something else, anything else. Yeah, and that people are blaming... <laughs> like, well, why am I going into this? But and that, that <laughs> it turns people into blaming, like, immigrants and, and just whatever, anything mm. else. Sure, but, but anything else except for, it seems, mm. um, corporate yeah. interests, yeah. right? Oh, I mean, although Trump did get in by saying he was going to tackle corporate interests. Mm. But... but but in practice, the policies that are implemented 
he is don't a cor- don't don't tackle that. Yeah, in practice, he is a corporate interest. Yes. Yeah, a very corporate yeah. interest. That's all he is. And anyway, that's great. Good, Good analysis, us. Yeah, great. God, um, oh, we know so much. Mm. <laughs> Thoughts, really uh, powerful ones about the politics. Uh, I, I like this one, awareness campaign for awareness. So that's basically yep. a PSA about uh, you know being aware that awareness is th- something and that also there's awareness campaigns. Mm. Uh, how to be happy. The, the tape. campaign is called Aware the Bloody Hell Are You? <laughs> um and there's maybe a concert maybe we get a a, a rock star to do a a, a concert yeah uh, about a, awareness great it's called be aware yeah but it's spelled b a no b e b double e b double e space a space w e r e b aware a were a were <laughs> a B W E space A space W E apostrophe R E B a word, and then it's <laughs> that's a where where that's we are that's where yeah were were a word. I know but I say it as were oh you do don't you yeah oh we're a people we're we're no where. Where are people? Yeah, that's it. Where are people? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, how to be happy? Book on tape. It's the tape, and it tells you. Well, how you've made... already made what may not be your first mistake, but certainly your most recent mistake in buying this tape. <laughs> uh, then we got a hundred and one. No, a thousand and one great films you don't need to see. Uh, and then it refers to like like uh, you know Citizen Kane as the greatest film of its time of all time. Uh, and and, and again, this could be a TV show. This could be like presented like a clip twenty-one to one style show. Yeah, right? I think that would be quite fun, going through and just we, tearing these things this apart. This could be this could be a YouTube channel. Could be a whole channel. Could be a YouTube. No, but like this literally could be a YouTube oh, channel. Oh, absolutely, Alistair. Um, this is one of the first multimedia ideas you've had that I think actually has legs. Yeah, great, great, great. great. Um, Seven wonders of wor- the world and why you wouldn't, uh, why you would be barely impressed today. Yep, and uh, we just go to experts. And they tell us why these thi- why the- why their Discovery Channel is really banking so much on on these <laughs> these wonders of the world, people being interested in them. When really they're just seven wonder what all the fuss was about of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then we got uh, Star Star Wars Rejuvenations, uh, which is uh, mm. which is their uh, Star Wars: The Force Rejuvenates. Yeah. Uh, through through making bad films, which we could mm. definitely write and direct. Uh, <laughs> this, this carrot thing, I like it so much. <laughs> yeah, well, people love big fields of stormtroopers fighting against something. Yeah. And yeah. fighting them against droids has already been done. And you've said fields. Now, what do you get in a field? Carrots. carrots. <laughs> yeah. What are carrots? Pointy. <laughs> I think what I think... are also weapons? Pointy. There we go. <laughs> this thing writes itself. I hope because I'm not putting any more work into it. <laughs> but I think what is also great about this is that it's not only a terrible idea, but it's also another thing which people don't like in the Star Wars universe. It's a total ripoff of the Ewok film, like the <laughs> the one with the Ewoks, the yeah. whatever that one was, Empire Strikes Back or something like that. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. Not that. Um. Yeah. It um because it's it's it fails on so many fronts. Well, this one it almost feels like it doesn't even it doesn't even include any of the rebel alliance in it. This is like <laughs> this is the this is the empire's other attempted conquests. Because I mean, and it's an empire. Yeah. You know, it it may not always come up. Oh, I mean, I guess the the carrots in themselves are a rebellion. Um, but but it doesn't it doesn't follow any of the characters and it and and the and the, and the franchise is due for that you know get, yeah get away from your Hanses and your and well your I mean they've Chewbacca's. done that sort of with Rogue One yeah right to a certain extent um, great so we're following you know we're, we're yeah it still fits within the franchise oh absolutely That's great. absolutely and I think we should have a lot of jokes in it about how I thought vegetables were supposed to be good for you <laughs> stuff like that I think I think that would just add to the absolutely. Add a lot. Mm. Um, 
this is the other thing I just thought of while we were talking about just that. Just exactly that joke repeated over and over again. Wouldn't it be cool to take a really bad idea like that and get a great writer to write the script? Yes. Like, I don't know how you could, how you could get, uh, like, it, it's, such a, it's such an ambitious project to, like, to take a really bad idea and get a, an amazing writer to see what they can do with it. Do you think we could get the Coen brothers and Spielberg to collaborate on this? Well, that's what, that, would be the, that would be the goal. Yeah. That would be the goal. It's, a, it's sort of like a documentary series. Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Oh, it would be amazing. Like, you give them the worst ideas. <laughs> you give them the worst ideas and then you make the film mm. uh, afterwards yeah and okay. then and then but then you also document the process mm. so you get the like it's like let's say it's a series of five movies with five of the the leading directors and filmmakers in the world and five of the worst ideas yeah and five of the worst ideas we could come up with and then you watch first of all you get all their reactions as they see the idea yeah. and how disappointed they are with their life choices <laughs> I know. I think I think it would be actually a fun challenge for them. I think I think would... it'd be great. Yeah. You you we we. Okay. So what it is is it's, they're only making a short film, say, to make it realistic. Okay. They're making a short film that could be like five to ten minutes long. Yeah. So our our thing consists of uh, we see a making of, mm-hmm. which is like twenty minutes. Yeah. And then we see the end product, which is That's ten great. minutes or something yeah. like that. That's really fun. Oh, it's a half-hour episode. Yeah, it's exactly. a bloody, it's a six-part TV series. Yeah, oh. um, I'm going to pitch this to the ABC. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it ahead of me. All right, that's great. Um, uh, oh, it's uh, again slipped from my mind. But uh, yeah, that was, that was good, good, fun, great. Cool. Great, good. Well, uh, that's cool. uh, the end of the episode. So That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the epi- end of the epi- end of the episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Um, it, it means a, a great deal. Great, great deal. Really great deal. And, uh, you know, follow us on the Twitter, Alistair TV. Stupid Old Andy. And Two, two in, in Tank. tank. Uh, we're also on Facebook with just Two in the Think Tank. Yep. And, and um, you know, you can just follow our lives mm-hmm. by Googling our names. Yeah. And that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. That's how I keep up with what I'm doing. I, I, and look, I'm a bit disappointed. I, my website, I've been checking it and there haven't been any updates for a while. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> Seems like I don't have a lot going on. Oh, well, doesn't matter. You got that. You got, apparently he's got the podcast, so that's yeah. okay. Yeah. You must no, be that's doing good. I should listen that. to that sometime. Yeah. Great. Um, and, and uh, you know, we. Love, Love you. you. And also you can review us. On, please do. It's so good when you do. Thank you to those who have. We got one recently. And, and, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Thanks, mister. And so I think there was also a, a Miz. Thank you. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.